Let us open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 12. Twelfth chapter of Revelation. If you're able to keep your finger at Revelation 17 as well, it will serve our needs. In Revelation chapters 12 and 17, we have the two women of the revelation of Jesus Christ. There are two women in this book. And for those that are Bible readers, you know from both Testaments that the church is described as a woman, the bride of Christ in the New Testament, his betrothed and wife in the Old Testament that he divorced on a couple of occasions for their wickedness. So we have these two women in chapters 12 and 17. There are two churches. We have a dragon. And it's a, it's called a beast and it's called a dragon and it has seven heads and it has ten horns. For those that are Bible readers, you know that this comes from Daniel chapter seven, where Daniel saw a prophecy that extended from the current Babylonian empire all the way to the end of the world, showing the succession of world empires from Babylon to Persia to Greece to Rome, and then the development of the little horn of Rome. This dragon is red. It's in the third verse here. It's called the scarlet dragon over in chapter 17. But there's two women, there's two churches, and there's this dragon that from one perspective is satanic because it's devilish. From one perspective, it's Roman because verse 18 of chapter 17 tells us that it is the city or it's associated with the city that reigns over the kings of the earth. And when John was writing the book of the Revelation, Rome was ruling over the kings of the earth. Here in Revelation chapter 12, in the first six verses, it describes that with much travail, the church brought forth a son. This is the Lord Jesus Christ brought forth from the church. God chose one out of the people that was mighty and that would be able to save them, and he was caught up to God and to his throne, verse 5. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God for 1,260 prophetic days. Then in verses 7 through 12, we have a war taking place in heaven, and the accuser of the brethren, the devil, is cast out of heaven. He's cast out into the earth. He knows that his time is short, and so he tries to destroy the woman, and that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to take up reading at uh, verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And amen. Amen. There are two churches related to this dragon. 
this Roman dragon, the pagan Roman Empire that evolved into the papal Holy Roman Empire of the popes and the Catholics. And for 1,260 years, indicated by the 1,260 prophetic days, and indicated by time, times, and half a time. Time, plural time, and half a time. Three and a half. Three and a half years in a 360-day calendar is 1,260. In Revelation chapter 13, it's described as 42 months. All of these are the same period of time, and they were first given to Daniel in Daniel chapter 7 as describing the time that the Roman Catholic Church would make war against the saints of the Most High God and prevail. And they would have to run and hide and be chased around the corners of the earth, and so they were. Whether it be in the valleys of Piedmont in northern Italy at the foot of the Alps, or whether it be in the Bohemian forests, of Austria and Hungary and other states of Europe, or whether it be in western Wales in England, that's where our brethren in the past hid for over a thousand years from the efforts of pagan and then papal Rome to destroy them. There are two churches. There is one beast. It is a Roman, devilish, satanic beast, which from the beginning tried to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ, for it was Herod that issued the proclamation that all the young babies should be killed in his effort to get rid of the king of the Jews when he heard from the wise men and from his own scholars that he had hired. And it has been perpetuated ever since. Now these two churches, one church that brought forth the Lord Jesus Christ, the man-child that is sitting on his throne in heaven. See, Satan is no longer in heaven. He hasn't been there for about 2,000 years. Because there's nothing to accuse the brethren of because our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all our sins. So the Bible says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? There's nothing left for the devil to lay charge. The devil could go there before the cross of Calvary and charge men like Job as he did in Job chapters 1 and 2, but no longer. Now this one woman is being chased by this dragon And the earth is helping her by giving her places where she can hide. And the earth opens up her mouth and swallows the army and false prophets and false teachers that are sent after her to destroy her altogether. So that she does survive, though she survives as a remnant hidden away in the earth. Now this other woman, this other church, where is she? She is riding the dragon. She is riding the scarlet dragon with seven heads and ten horns. And when you go to Revelation chapter 17, you find this woman, and she's called by our inspired apostle, the great whore, because she is riding on this beast. Verse 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. What is the color of scarlet? It's red, full of names of blasphemy, having, are you surprised, seven heads and ten horns. The same seven heads and ten horns from chapter 12. But she's writing it. She's in close relationship to it, and it is giving her its her energy and strength. So there's one church on this dragon pursuing another church. 
And so we have it for the dark ages of Europe, which in this effeminate society are no longer called the dark ages. This deluded, ignorant generation, they call them the middle ages. For hundreds and thousands of years, they were called the dark ages because the darkness of Roman Catholicism controlled the politics and education of Europe. But thanks be to God that the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed the efforts made by the dragon to destroy her, and her remnant seed continued to exist, and they are described as those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the gospel, the good news that declares the truth about the Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you go back and look at that other woman, it says of her that she has a golden cup in her hand. For those of you that have ever seen a Roman Catholic Mass, you know that the most crucial moment of that Mass is when the host and that golden chalice are raised before heaven and the priest does his hocus-pocus magic in Europe, I mean in Latin, changing the host into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ on their altars. It also says that that cup is filled with abominations and fornications and that she is drunk with what? What is The blood of the saints. Thank you, brother, for your efforts for the last half year to remind us of the martyrs. For the last eight or ten, our brother has been dealing in the years 1555 and 1556 in our mother England... Because who was reigning at that time? And I give you these words to help trigger your minds. She was drunk with the blood of the saints. So, Bloody Mary. That's who you've been hearing about behind the martyrs of the last number of weeks. And the dragon was wroth with the woman. That is the devil behind the Roman pagan and the Roman papal empires and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, prophesied as early as 500 B.C. to Daniel in Daniel chapter 7, where there he is called the little horn of that beast. And this remnant keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Are you committed today with me that as we read, pray, sing, preach, and hear that we are going to keep the commandments of God in this house, and we are going to keep the commandments of God outside this house, and we are going to love, sing, teach, defend, warn, and hold fast to the testimony of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. God has chosen you with me to be this remnant today. The warfare is no longer giving our blood. The warfare is marking and avoiding those that cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine of the New Testament. And they are many. Christianity today is in the perilous times of the last days. They are compromising anything they can find to compromise. They will invent, modify, and alter worship in any way which they can in order to attract the unregenerate and the carnal Christians into their numbers. And we must hold fast as those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
Two churches. One dragon. One is a friend of that dragon and the mother of harlots and the mother of abominations of the earth. And the other is the enemy of that dragon. And by God's grace, he has called us out of the one church and put us in the other. And some in here can, can describe that as a generational move on his part. Because some in here were baptized as Catholics after they were born, but are now in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. All glory to God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are humbled. We are thankful to be so blessed to be the remnant of the seed of the woman that travailed in birth for the man-child that sits at your right hand. We thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. We defy Rome and its magisterium and tradition to think that Mary is a mediatrix between God and men. We defy Rome that whether it be John Paul II or Frank, he is no mediator between God and men. He is the man of sin. And we're thankful for the understanding from your word. Heavenly Father, we're thankful. And we bless and we praise you that you inspired Daniel. And then our beloved brother Paul. And then our beloved brother John. To write these things that our brethren in the past knew that when they gave their lives, they were giving it to the greatest enemy of the true church of Jesus Christ that the Bible describes. The Roman Catholic Church. We thank you for saving us from her clutches and from her enticements and seductions and from her fornications and her abominations and from her harlot daughters which are numbered greatly in our city and across this country. Heavenly Father, as we open the epistle to the Romans this day, let us tremble in this church that we will be eternally vigilant for the cause of the truth of the testimony of Jesus Christ. For Heavenly Father, we understand that the Roman church was not so vigilant. And what arose in that city was an abomination to you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the truth of your precious word. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the understanding that we have of it. We're thankful for the conviction you've put in our hearts. But we pray that you would open our eyes that we might behold even more things, old and new, out of thy word, and that you would give us a passionate conviction toward them, that we would be fully committed to thee and all of your commandments, ordinances for us of the New Testament, that we would never depart from them, we, our children, and our children's children, until the Lord Jesus Christ comes for us. Bless your servants in every place, that they might with great courage, great boldness, preach your gospel and make it very plain and manifest to your people. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for opening the earth in the past 
and preserving the remnant of your people. We're thankful for the stories, the history of their lives that we will hear again this day to provoke us by their them giving the ultimate sacrifice of their own lives for the cause of the gospel. Preserve our nation. We thank you for our government. We pray for the rulers in it, that you would bless them, guide them, and lead them. Heavenly Father, we intercede with thee for them, that we, your people, may continue to lead the protected and prosperous lives that we have. Be with your servants and saints in every place, Heavenly Father, without the blessing of your Holy Spirit, our worship this day will be in vain. But if you will speak the word and grant us your presence by the Spirit of your dear Son, we shall be blessed. And so we commit ourselves to thee this day for these assemblies in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and under the power of the Holy Ghost, asking you to bind Satan and hedge us about to be protected from his wiles, that we give him no place. For the glory of thy Son, we do pray. Amen.